Hello, today I want to talk about why it's really important to create your own morning ritual. So morning rituals are a big thing, particularly in the entrepreneurial world where there's the whole breakfast of champions and all sorts of talk going on about what's the best way to start your day. And this can be really, really helpful, really helpful. Of course, we want to learn from the most successful people. Um, but if anything makes you feel disempowered, which is easy to get into, isn't it? With the whole, I ought to be getting up earlier and going for a run in the dark. I ought to be doing this. I should be doing this. Anything that makes you feel disempowered and then starts you getting into the striving, the pushing, the comparing yourself to others, that's not good. So it's not, it's not that other people's routines aren't for you. It's that you really need to learn and steal from them rather than copy them so that you make them your own because this is about you and you're unique. And also things change all the time. So yeah, of course, having um, a brilliant morning routine can be really, really helpful. But what really works for you is unique to you. And also everything changes. So there's never one solution that's going to be for you for all time. So using the structure and then breaking it to make it work for you can be really empowering, really helpful. So um, let's just talk about that because having rituals and routines can really, really help you stay out of overwhelm. That's what I teach, isn't it? Neutral noticing to help you get you out of your head into your body. So I highly recommend that you make that part of your life if that works for you. So this is based on the idea that listening to the body is really powerful because when we get stuck in our mind, which is really, really easy to do because it's a human mind, it's easily distracted and it's easily overwhelmed. And also there's tons of stuff going on in our mind. So and everything's set up to distract us. So getting out of your head into your body is the first step in getting your life back under control, escaping from the overwhelm and starting to live with more purpose, with intention, the life that you really want to live but keep getting distracted from. So. Let's just think about this for a moment. So there's one idea, isn't there, that you should be getting up at 4am, going for a run in the dark, meditating for however long, you know, like quite a tough approach. But the, the people I work with, that would that would break them. They're already, a lot of them already close to feeling like they're breaking. I don't believe they are breaking, but well, they, they actually need to do the opposite. They need more sleep. They need more kindness. And going all tough on themselves is unhelpful. So and then there's other people who aren't looking after themselves, who who you could say, well, being kind to yourself is a kind of lazy, self-indulgent thing. And they really need to do the opposite. Getting up at 4 a.m. and going for a run might be the best thing ever because it might get their energy up. And, you know, so it, it just it's so individual and it's so individual at the time in your life. So when you're um, when you're at home and you've just had a baby. Well, clearly, that's not going to be helpful, is it? Because your body needs to heal and rest and you're nurturing and nourishing this baby. So it's just a completely different place to be. So let's start from the idea that you are already perfect as you are. If you did nothing, you would still be just fine as you are. But you're also a work in progress. So having a morning ritual that works for you is worth investing in because it can make your life richer and letting. But I would start from the letting go of the need to be better. So let's just start from there. 
letting go of the need to change ourselves constantly and instead just really listening and tapping in to what we already have, the knowledge we already have. So it's easy to get stuck on a Google rabbit hole or reading lots of books and posts and blogs about how really successful people um, start their days. But once you've done that, what are you going to do? Because they're all they're all saying different things or sometimes it feels like they're all saying the same thing, but it's really tough. So what's best for you? So I'm going to tell you a story about how I got to this place because I fell into this trap as well. And it's quite amusing because I fell into this trap after doing um, my Zen yoga teacher training, which really taught me to listen to myself, to my body, to my heart. And yet I still fell into the trap because we do, because we're human and we're on a journey. So it was just over two years ago that I had my last day of teaching. So I'd quit my job unexpectedly because every cell in my body was screaming at me to get out, but I still served my notice, which I look back and think, you crazy woman, why on earth did you do that? Because that was really tough, really, really tough. Um, And then on the last day, finally got to the last day, and my head of department, who's such a nice guy, he said to me, so what are you going to do with all your time? So it's like, (laughs) well, first of all, I'd already set my business up and, you know, I had a lot to do. And also I was completely burnt out and exhausted. So I had a lot of resting to do. So there was, and I've never, I've never found it difficult to occupy my time. So that, that question, that question was an interesting question to me anyway. But I guess people who have always done the same thing and love what they're doing, there is some bemusement in those of us who dare to opt out of that. So I answered and I I also look back and think, God, what a pious answer. I said, well, I'm going to, get my morning routine sorted out. So this was really important to me. So I had this routine that was working for me where I'd get up and meditate and do yoga every morning. And then as the days got darker and I got more and more exhausted and burnt out in the term time, I just couldn't do it. I literally couldn't do it. It just wasn't working for me. I was only just hanging in there. Um, So I really felt this conflict between getting through the working day, which I was only just surviving to do with lots of tears, um, and this practice that had nourished me, that had had taught me so much. And it it was such a conflict. So my answer was, obviously, well, I'm going to get up, do an hour of meditating, an hour of yoga. This was my dream, you know, to spend two hours. I couldn't think of anything more luxurious. It was so what I needed, what I thought I needed. So I think he looked at me as if I was a little bit balmy, but he didn't really understand why I would leave a job I was good at that he loved anyway. And I understand that. But anyway, the next day, (laughs) this is um, December, so it's very dark. The next day I get up in the dark and I roll out my yoga mat and I lie on my yoga mat and I do what I always do when I roll out my yoga mat, which drop into my body feel my body on the mat and just notice what's going on (laughs) thinking oh brilliant I can do an hour here and I listened I really deeply listened and then I got up off the mat and got back into bed because that's what I needed and that taught me something really really important it is not it's not the what it's the how so you could do have the same routine 
as somebody who's a successful billionaire and it wouldn't work for you. Or you could find a routine that works for you for a while or works for you in the summer or the winter and then it no longer works for you. It's not the routine. Well, it is the routine to start with because you're learning. You have a structure, you learn from it, you you see what works for you. And the process of daring to invest in yourself with a new routine, that's a good process to go through. But it's really important to notice what's going on. And it's very, very easy for those of us who acknowledge the fact that we get overwhelmed. We tend to compare ourselves to others and get back into that just getting through busyness, that striving, that always trying hard. It's especially important for us to listen. What's really going on here? Is this nourishing me? Is this what I need? Now, this is difficult, isn't it? Because often we decide we're going to do something that's good for us. And I'm thinking particularly here of exercise or healthy eating, giving up alcohol for a bit, that kind of thing. And then we get easily discouraged. And you could say, well, this isn't going to work, Heidi, because if I really listened, I'd just have that glass of wine because I really need it. But I'm not talking about that kind of listening. I'm talking about something much deeper that's really facing ourselves when we drop into the body, when we really listen. We actually can notice how that alcohol makes us feel and how it changes how we are with other people or how it makes us feel the next day, how we or or better still, it's really helpful to notice what happens when you have a break from alcohol. <clears throat> Quite a few of my clients have, have chosen to do this. Nothing to do with me. Um, and they just said, but I really like the way I feel when I haven't had any alcohol for a week. I just feel so good. And tapping into that's really interesting. So it's not whether something's good or what well, is whether something's good or bad for you, but I don't I don't mean that from an external thing. So there's loads of stuff, information all the time, isn't there? Oh, you shouldn't drink this, you should drink this, you should do this. There's so many shoulds and alls, and a lot of it conflicts. So how do we negotiate and take from it what's good for us? Well, by listening to the body really deeply, daring to, rebelling against the noise outside and the noise in our heads that said we sh- that say we should and we ought, and there's something wrong with us. Dropping into the body, noticing what's really true for us, what really nourishes us, what do we long for? And if you can get really honest, it can surprise you. And then it's empowering because if you discover that actually for you, doing the opposite of all the shoulds is really good, then then once you've kind of tapped into that, once you find what really works for you, just for now, not forever, as um, I got that from Helen Pritchard, the LinkedIn person. I love that she says that. She's so empowering, but I just wanted to acknowledge that because that's not my phrase, just for now, not forever, but I really, really love it. And I've put it, I'm using it all the time, I've noticed, because it fits in with the whole Zen thing. You know, everything changes, nothing's worth clinging to. And it also helps us get out of our way. So instead of searching for this perfect morning ritual that will make us super fit and super focused and super successful. How about what's working? What's going on with me now? And finding something that works just for now, not forever. So this is how I now start my day. And even though I've now recovered, 
So I would say I'm really excited by how much energy I have now, how easy it is for me to avoid colds, etc. And how grateful I am at the time of COVID that my immune system is in such better shape. Because seriously, two years ago, even a year ago, mm, I I don't know if I'd be managing to avoid it. Because I, my immune system was battered by constant not looking after myself, not really listening, especially not resting enough. So, yeah, I just want to talk about what I have, what I do in the morning. So you can steal that for yourself because um, I I never do prescriptive stuff. I'm about empowering you. What works for you? This is about you. You're unique. So this is what I do. And I've never gone back, even though I've recovered, I've never gone back to that really strict structure because it still doesn't work for me. That doesn't mean I won't again. It just doesn't work for me. So and that doesn't mean I'm not meditating or doing yoga. It means that I'm changing my approach. I'm I'm making it work for me rather than having the strict structure. But having said that, I'm incredibly grateful for all of the hours of the strict structure, because I think that's part of the process. It gave me a discipline which I'm so, so grateful for. So it's just interesting, isn't it? That conflict between discipline and structure and then rebelling and making it your own. I think there's a process there. I don't know. There is for me, is there for you? So this is what I do now in the morning. So when I wake up, I usually notice when I, and this is the weird thing about waking up because it's not, I mean, I don't wake up. I rarely wake up to an, an alarm and I think my, that's changed how my morning starts because it's a slower wake up. Um, so it might be different for you if you've got an alarm and it might help to set the alarm for five minutes before so that you can give yourself a few minutes to come around and do this. It's up to you. I think you, you decide. So basically, I wake up in the morning and when I've woken up enough, because obviously we're not we don't go from I don't go from consciousness, unconsciousness to consciousness. But when I've woken up enough to realise what's going on, I usually find that all my attention is caught up in my mind and that my mind is either was usually planning the day. So what I purposely do, it almost feels like my mind is on the other side of the room and it's already it's already started my day without my body. It's quite a disembodied thing. You know, my body's still asleep, all cosy in bed and my mind's gone off on some adventure for the day. Normally planning, busyness or thinking, problem solving, or whatever. Not always terrible. It's it's just up to it's just started the day without me. So I purposely pull my attention back into my body and I notice. I notice how I feel. I notice the excitement, the energy about the day. I notice the resistance, any exhaustion, any aches and pains. Oh, I just drop into my body and I notice how I feel. Where am I today? What's going on? And I really recommend you try this. So pulling the attention back into the body. You don't need to still the mind or control the mind. It can stay on the other side of the room or whatever it's up to. But notice, notice if you're bracing yourself against the day, if you're pushing yourself out of bed, if you're jumping out of your bed before you've really connected with yourself. So sometimes I think when we're when we're in that getting through mode or even when we're just in that, you know, fast busyness of You're asleep, then you're awake, and then you spend the whole day like you're running, your body's running after your mind. Do you know what I mean? It's like you're following your mind rather than 
moving from a, um, a place of connectedness where you can feel your feet on the ground, you're in your body, you're you're connected to yourself and you're controlling your attention. That's where that's where we want to be, because that's powerful. That's how we get stuff done. That's how we live on purpose with the attention in the body, noticing how the body's feeling, allowing tension to go rather than building up all the time, allowing energy to flow, you know, moving when we need to, really connected and then really knowing what's going on in your heart and what's really important to you, what will make you happy. That's a real good guidance, although I wouldn't recommend living from your heart fully without being connected to your body, without controlling your attention, without taking any notice of the warnings from the mind because if you just follow your heart you can end up homeless and heartbroken you know it's, it's about connection but listening to the body being fully rooted in the body is so so powerful for so many reasons because your body has so much to share with you that you don't really need to google and then you can get off google save loads of time and just use your own wisdom that's hidden in the body that, that we're not just not taught to connect with so Pulling your attention back into the body just for a moment, noticing how you feel. And you don't, I think one of the reasons that we don't do this, apart from the fact we're not taught to, is that actually it can be scary. So if you, you could say, well, Heidi, that's all very well, but I've got to get up and go to, to work. And spending one minute noticing how much I don't want to do that, how exhausted I am and how much I really need to sleep is unhelpful because it makes me miserable. And I would say, OK, hang on a sec. What I teach is called neutral noticing. And it's that neutral is so, so important. So you're not noticing. If you're noticing how you're, you're, you feel and then you're getting miserable, that's because actually the mind's getting involved again, which means the attention's gone back into the mind with its judgments about how you're always tired and how you never get enough sleep and how you really don't want to go to work. And that's the mind. So that's, that's notice that as well. So you can notice the body. And then you can notice the mind's judgments and stories about the body. Get back in the body. Notice completely neutrally. So it's just information. It's all just useful information to help you through your day. And and when you notice patterns, you can start to change bigger things very in very tiny steps. So noticing is useful, but it needs to be neutral. And it also needs to be that you don't have to do anything about it. Because that's the problem, isn't it? When when we notice how tired we are or anything that's wrong in the body and the mind gets involved with all these negative stories, it's then overwhelming because it, it's just more stuff to deal with. So this is why I think we often don't want to know what our bodies are saying because it just feels like another thing to solve and it's, it's just not much fun. So instead of that, keep it neutral, be curious. So do it in a more playful way. So I've got all this information from my body, but there's nothing I can do with the exhaustion because I've still got to go to work. I've still got to feed my kids. I've still There's still stuff I have to do. OK, so just notice that. <laughs> Literally, just use it. It's just useful information. And then you can get up and get on with your day. But if you find that you're tired and you can't cancel anything, you can't change the what in your day, you can change the how. And actually, I think the how is more powerful. It's an easier thing to change and it will eventually change the what, because as you change the how, you you improve your boundaries. You change what you say yes to. You have you're better at saying no to things that aren't for you. So just change the how. So, for example, you wake up, you're really tired. You don't want to get out of bed. You're really fed up with this. 
feeling miserable, notice that, be kind to yourself, start where you are. Just that deep acknowledgement, that deep listening, listen to your body like the old friend it is, rather than treating it as some sort of slave and pushing it to keep going. So just notice completely neutrally and then just allow that acknowledgement to seep in. It's really nice to be listened to. So just listening, just acknowledging, okay, this is how I am today. Start where you are because there isn't anywhere else to start. You can only start where you are and it's powerful to start where you are to just acknowledge this is how I feel. So if you are feeling miserable and really tired, then just acknowledging that and, and being kinder to yourself during the day. Have some compassion for yourself. Self-compassion, self-kindness, self-love, self-acceptance. This is how we change the world because it starts with us. When we ignore ourselves, when we treat ourselves as if we ought to be better, when we're constantly trying to change ourselves, when we keep pushing ourselves, when we don't look after ourselves, it doesn't make us great to be around. And it causes damage. It causes damage to us. We're less present with those that we love. We're less patient, which is not so much fun. So just starting with that, this takes moments to do before getting out of bed. And then you can just remember that during the day. OK, so I felt really tired this morning, so I'm just going to be just nicer to myself today, just a bit more patient with myself, not expect so much of myself and my day. And then often that is enough to ease the day. Sometimes it's not. Notice that too. It's all just interesting, useful information. Notice it neutrally. Notice the mind pulling the attention with its negative stuff, do me naggy stuff. Come back to the body. Notice how you feel. Start where you are. And then if if different people's morning routines resonate with you, try them out. Try them at different times of the year. The ones that really pull at you, appeal to you. What is it about getting up at 4am in the dark and going for a run that you want? Is it the end result? So you want this like super athletic body. You want to feel strong and, and fit and it clears your head. If it's that, but getting up at 4am isn't for you at the moment, is there another way? Is there some other easier way to do that? You know, does it, could it be five minutes of bouncing on the spot to some music? I don't know. <laughs> but there's lots of ways of, of having a morning ritual. It doesn't have to be the tough ones that all these billionaires or millionaires are using. You can, you can pick and choose. You can work out what's true for you, what works for you for now, and then you can change it. But I do, I do think it's important to have a ritual of tuning into the body and noticing rather than going on autopilot. Alarm goes off, get out of bed, get on with the day, react, 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 get through, crash. Because that's not living, is it? That, well, it is living, but it's getting through and we have a choice. We have a choice in this day and age, even under these incredibly difficult times, to live more consciously, to live with purpose. We always have that choice. So I'll leave that with you. I hope that's been helpful. And I'd love to know about what works for you. So, yeah, please let me know at Heidi at HeidiMark.co.uk. Thanks for listening. 